Welcome to Radio People's Podcast. I'm um, joined today with uh, Martin Berg and Linus Kornbeck. And this is a follow-on session from um, a presentation that both Martin and Linus did a couple of weeks ago called Unleashing the Potential of Teams. And they were sharing their experiences currently work with at, at Wireless Car. So I'm going to hand over for a quick introductions to, to both Linus and, and Martin. So good morning, gentlemen. Thank you, David. Uh, just fine. Um, so we're really nice to meet up uh, in this uh, this uh, this meetup a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so yes, I'm working at uh, at Wireless Car and done that for it's now three years actually. Um, and one of the reasons I actually uh, started to work at Wireless Car was actually to work on team development and how we how we work with that. So I'm super happy to to do that and have done that um, quite focused now for a couple of years. So it will be interesting to talk about this today. No, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Um, and, and Martin, did, had you known Linus beforehand or? Um... Well, we actually met at Wireless Car for, to say, I, I actually been at Wireless Car for four years, but as a consultant. So mm. I support them. I'm, I'm from Agile People, but I've been to, working together with Wireless Car for a long time and was very glad that when Linus came because he had, and he brought this energy on team development to to the organization. I was actually employed to actually do those things also, as you said. We right. we both work as organizational change managers at Wireless Car. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my our formal assignment, so to speak. Yes, actually I made a, a, a quick pause in Wireless Car and then Linus brought me back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We needed you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we both have also the background in the working quite a lot also with the way of working, how it's set up this in this kind of, of software company, right? Um, and uh, where we really have working in teams are really in the core of Mm -hmm. what we're doing how we are doing things how we are creating value in our case it's uh uh, creating software right um and uh, in wireless cars case it's like uh, connected services uh, for oems or car makers if you like Mm -hmm. uh, primarily Uh, so the teams is really in the center uh, of pretty much everything we do, right? And uh, we also had a background of, of working also as Scrum Masters, uh, also seen the, the the positive sides of that, but, but also the challenges uh, of being in that kind of role and develop a team. Uh, you could say like, yeah, but isn't that quite, quite easy? Mm-hmm. Both yes and no. <laughs> it can be quite tricky, actually, uh, especially when you're in these kind of scaled context. Uh, if you're only thinking about one team and having one service to, to maintain, that, that might be quite easy. But when you're in this scaled context with a big customer <laughs> on the other side, things can turn out to be quite challenging quite fast actually um so you really need also help and support and uh, around that to make that really work so that was very much what what we discussed actually already before i started at at wireless car um to meet that challenge yeah yeah Yeah. sometimes people say that yeah now we yeah in agile we more or less assume that teams are autonomous and effective and efficient from start 
but they aren't. And they if things change in the in the setup of of both the team or what they are supposed to do or what they feel that they are supposed to do, things change and the team will not be as effective and efficient anymore. And and as a scrum master, if you're a scrum master in that position or a team lead or whatever we call it, it's a very exposed position because you need to support the team, but you also need to challenge the organization or work with the organization to su- give the support that the team need mm-hmm. in the best way. So it's it's a it's a challenging position, and we are not in that position now. We are the ones that si- try to give that support to scrum master and to teams. Yeah, and the other side of it is that I mean, of course, different scrum masters have their specialities also, right? Uh, someone could be really good at, at developing how people interact with each other and work with that. Someone is uh, very much into the technical side of it. Um, it could be that you have been in the in the business for a long, long time. Someone is quite new. So, I mean, there are so many. Uh, different also uh, things and sides of developing a team um, both about the in our case the te- technical side of things uh, how we do things what we're doing etc but also the the soft side if we call it like that how we interact how we collaborate with each other uh, creating structure in a team uh, psychological safety that we have talked about quite quite a lot um, lately the last years uh, 10 years maybe 15 or something but uh, still I mean it's not something that comes easy just because we talk about it right it's something to build uh, and uh, really nurture also and take care of all the time and just like uh, Martin said here I mean changes uh that is uh, a fact i mean that's what's happening all the time uh just that people are joining a team leaving a team (laughs) and you know (laughs) and the surrounding can change and then we need to kind of come back to these questions to to if we have someone new in the team how do we make them feel safe Mm. Uh, again so that they get involved in the way we do things uh, to let the creativity flow just like martin said here also i think that's uh, very uh, valid to say that it's kind of in this kind of agile frameworks etc we very much like you said uh, we assume the teams to be kind of high performing from from day one they aren't and it's a hard work to both become that but also to stay there um that doesn't come from for free yeah so as I, I, i'm very focused on the presentation but i saw the chat bubbling of lots of questions <laughs> uh, and, and thoughts so i hope that we can revisit a few of them here today also and see if we can dive a bit deeper into a few of those areas also yeah no absolutely we will do yeah, maybe we should give you the background of what that tool and that research is based on. Yeah. Uh, and Linus, do you want to take it or should I? Yeah, sure. Uh, and I think maybe we should also begin with saying that, I mean, there are other tools, um, but... Uh, 
for us, it was important that we had something that is founded into research uh, um, because there are so many things out there and they, it could be really good, right? So I'm not saying anything about that, but, uh, but anyway, so something that is based into research and this one is that and it's going back actually to the middle of the 90s where Susan Whelan created this this model that is called the integrated model of group development um, and the tool we use uh, to identify what stage a team are in that is uh, that is called the GDQ or group development questionnaire uh, so that is what it is um, but the model there and that is that is also built upon research that was done way earlier starting already in like the the 30s 40s 50s uh, with also uh, just to mention one of them is Bruce Tuckman that created these uh, stages of of forming, storming, norming, performing, quite many people have heard of, of those. And actually this one is very, very close to that, this, this model. But there are some things that Susan Whelan um, notified or found that maybe it wasn't exactly like that, uh, not, not fully true maybe. And, and, you know, the research is still ongoing. So we are learning new things all the time. I mean, the reason I know that it's ongoing all over the world, right? It's not standing still. Um, so uh, we must must remember that uh, also. Um, we learn more how groups are functioning, uh, but also, I mean, uh, about psychology, right, <laughs> in itself. So, uh, but that is very short about the, the background, but, uh, we, but we wanted to have that kind of tool. So we picked this one and said, let's try it out. Uh, so what we did was actually to, to do a, a proof of concept where we said, let's start with three teams and let's see what's happening <laughs> with that. Um, Martin, Martin uh, had actually uh, started a little bit earlier, a year or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I introduced the tool to Wireless Car before Linus mm -hmm. joined. So because mm -hmm. I, I use it personally in my profession when I, I work with teams. Yep. So I, I introduced it to a few other teams, but mm -hmm. that was not part of the the proof of concept for the actual uh, team development support that uh, Linus started to build. And so we needed to do a proof of concept just to verify that this was part of, of something valuable. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so, so Martin, are you saying that you use the Tuckman model or the, the Sheldon Wheeler? No, the integrated model of group development with oh, okay. Susan Wheeler. It's been around for yeah since the 1990s mm. it's very well we're quite frequently used here in sweden okay yeah um both in the military okay. and 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 the other things i know that they use it for at spotify for instance uh, -huh. uh in a quite similar way that we are doing it actually okay okay mm. i mean it's, it's always good to have that as, as you mentioned that to have that that research-based basis but it is an evolving tool because then you know as yeah. we move on um, yeah, exactly it's not a stationary tool in such it's actually there are new research susan williams is uh, no longer with us unfortunately but uh her, her legacy is continued with other researchers yeah. here in gothenburg she susan williams was originally from the u.s 
Okay. But there a lot of research is ongoing in Gothenburg in Sweden at, at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think someone said that in the chat that she was um should passed on mm. uh, her her gift to, to Sweden was um that legacy. And uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. So so that, that was kind of where we started. Uh, and I think what is important here to, to mention is that, I mean, I would say that in the center of all this is to find a way to work with team development in a structured way uh, where, where you're really having this kind of, yeah, structured and systematic way of working on team development. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think Martin uh, presented a very good example there of a team that started out and we found that, okay, the team is stage one. And then we could follow uh, six months later. That is typically what we do. We revisit the team after six months, mm -hmm. uh, finding out that they are in like stage two or three or something like that. And then we can see six months later, they are in stage four. We had this, uh, and we have seen this uh, a couple of times, um, where we really can work on things in a systematic way. Uh, and I think that is really the key here, and that we have a tool also that supports that. That yeah. is what is in, in, in the center here, uh, because I think that you can you can use other, uh, other tools, and there are other ways out there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so maybe some, someone listening to this, I mean, you can could try other. Uh, we pick this one uh, and and think it serves us well. Is it perfect? No, I wouldn't say. Uh, actually, I want to be clear with that. Actually, uh, there are some terminology also into it that maybe not always fit into the agile terminology. Uh, that is just one example. Um, how uh, statements, etc., is is uh, is uh, expressing like around leadership. Is, is one example. Let us just be, be clear with that. Uh, but anyway, we have found that it's actually helped us anyway, right? <laughs> so uh, we hope that, that those parts will actually change uh, over time to be more tailored to, to the kind of organizations we are in. Yeah, we could talk about that team that you were talking about there, Linus, also a little bit, because the scrum master of that team. We we don't work with the team as such, or not near the team, but the scrum master at Wireless Car, where we have 100% scrum masters at Wireless Car. So all team have a scrum master. Yeah. Most of the time, actually, one scrum master per team. So it's it's and the main reason for that is that we invest in team development. Uh, so the Scrum Master is own, owning the, the, the team development question or the, they, they own that uh, responsibility with the team. Mm. And, and the GDQ offered them inputs mm -hmm. to what the team should and could work with. Yeah. So it's not only that the GDQ supports them with what stage they're in, but actually some focus areas yeah. of development based on their specific areas so that they can reflect on that together as a team it's the team that identify through the gdq yeah so they evaluate themselves it's the the, the gdq that we do it's only for them mm. they um do a self-evaluation it's 60 questions roughly and they evaluate themselves and then we as gdq coaches analyze that data mm -hmm. and give an input to them and then we have a workshop together with the team 
normally we need to talk through through the result, uh, especially in the beginning of the when the team is not very used to doing the GDQ, then then one and a half hour or so we need to discuss the result together with them. If it's a stage one team, everything is totally silent <laughs> when we go through it. They but they need the information anyway, and then we support them in having reflective. If it's a stage three team or a stage four team. Mm. There's a lot of questions. If it's a stage two team, uh, if you translate it to Bruce Tuckman, storming team, mm -hmm. there's a lot of questioning. <laughs> Everything is questioned. Uh, that's the that's the most interesting workshops, but mm -hmm. also the most tiring ones. Yeah, I, I would say that one common thing there is just that you have people actually questioning also the result. It, there must be something wrong with this result uh, exactly. and, and those kind of uh, so and and that is understandable i mean uh, it's uh, it, it perfectly understandable that you kind of question it and, and mm. want to understand it uh, and uh, i just want to add that 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 is also one of the purposes with having such workshops mm. is to really let the, the team understand team development as such so mm. what are these different stages what is it and how does it typically work and what mm. do we need to focus at so that is one part of it to understand team development as such the team as a whole not only like the scrum master or someone uh, like in leader position uh, but also what element do we then need to work on just like you were touching upon there martin that is so important and and when they get that and learn about it then things start to happen because people then are having a joint idea about the direction for team developments as such. So it's like mm. on the meta level, right? Yeah. Uh, where they understand it and start to contribute in building this. If it could be a lack of structure. Ah, okay, I get it. We need to, even if I am very focused on relationships, uh, et cetera, et cetera, I understand that we also need structure. Someone that is more in structure part, uh, super focused on that, understand, ah, oh, we also need to work on how we talk to each other. Uh, so, so that is really bringing value uh, to the team. Yeah, uh, we are never taught how to do team development. No, we just people just assume that that. Yeah, of course, everyone does it every time. I don't know. We do, but we don't talk about it. And how does it work? Mm. Uh, there and there, but we have. I guess we can put all the books that have been written about leadership and we could climb to the moon probably. Yeah. Uh, no, no <laughs> absolutely. I don't think there are that many books about team development and how to support team members mm. to develop as a team. There's not yeah. many. I mean, there's, there's lots of books on... Um, following the happy path and assuming that everybody has the same motivation and wants to join the team and wants to understand that you mm -hmm. have to go through these phases of, or the stages to say, well, you know what? Um, the storming phase is perfectly natural. It's a natural thing. And so therefore we will come out of the end of it, you mm -hmm. know, into into that sort of norming and performing stage that, that follows. Um, and, and I think, you know, there's a couple of points in, in, in the, the chat um, there that talks about oh you know what some managers at, at stage two the storm the storming phase just give up they they think mm -hmm. they've they've just they've they've, they've created conflict and uh, that they can't get past 
And, um, and, and this is why I'm asking, are, are, are the users, are they really aware of what stage that they're in when they're in a project cycle? Now, I appreciate what you're saying in the GDQ gives them a very visible, transparent view of where you're at. And I guess an understanding to say, if you're in that kind of conflict stage, it will soon pass. And, you know, as if, if I think back to projects I've been in the past where we've not had this and not a real understanding, um, then, you know, the storming could continue indefinitely. And, and that's always a problem. But um, if you're if you're aware of the stage that you're in, and it's a necessary stage to get through, then you can you know that you're going to come out more comfortably. But I I, I didn't see many in, in my past. That's what that's what because that's why I'm really interested in, in what you're doing with um, GDQ mm. and to to alleviate that, that that team exercise. And I guess I'm asking the question to. Linus and Martin is on the how here. Um, you know, in terms of the teams engaging that, are they motivated? That is across the board. Um, are you kind of forcing teams into um, joining the GDK process? What's actually happening there? Can you help to elaborate on that? Yeah, uh, sure. For us, actually, it has been important from the very start that this is something that teams sign up to uh, okay. that it's done on on uh, on the pull basis so it's them asking for it or signing up for it so we have uh, said that this is not mandatory to any mm -hmm. of our teams actually yeah. uh, we have chosen to work with inspire teams to do so so we have done some campaigns uh, i was out there actually um, meeting up with old scrum masters and and uh, trying to inspire them to to be a part of this and then they have signed up voluntarily uh, the teams that have wanted to do now it is actually nowadays it's the most of the teams that have done it mm. so what they typically do is there to to sign up uh, then uh, we uh, look at this we are a whole group of of gdq coaches uh, so we sign up to take this team um, that wanted to do it and then we start to plan for it and the first thing we do is meet up with the team having a short introduction on what is it actually that we are going to do so we walk through that we very brief we walk through the model uh, so that they are aware of that and what's what is going to happen then they actually answer the survey that is 60 statements or questions that they answer uh, in that very meeting then we meet up like one week after that um, uh, we meet up again for a workshop that we as GDQ coaches has uh, has prepared uh, and doing analysis and and sometimes it's it's a little bit tricky. Uh, then we also have time to to have a conversation between us uh, that have done this many times. Mm -hmm. uh, like it could be Martin and me having a discussion about a, a, a team result. Um, it could also be that we talk to the Scrum Master maybe to, to learn a little bit more about the situation and why do we see this result and so on to create the best the best uh, uh, workshop when we meet up. And then when we meet up, uh, I would say the, the first and most important thing is to let the team understand the result. Uh, walk through that taking quite, uh, at least when I run it, I, I use quite a lot of time with that. Mm. Uh, 
to to help the team understand where they are and what kind of factors uh, that are creating that that result. So let's say that they are in stage three. We talk through that. What what are the factors so that um, what might they need to work a little bit more with? So then I pinpoint some some areas. Or if I can, I facilitate it like that, I having more the coaching approach and letting them come to the conclusions of like, okay, we maybe need to, to work on how we can involve more people in decision making. Okay. Uh, so it doesn't come to just one person. Okay, so we need to develop that kind of method. And then we actually have developed a toolbox where we can also help out with different tools uh, that we probably has stolen quite a lot from <laughs> from the internet, <laughs> uh, from like liberating structure, uh, sociocracy, uh, free yeah, okay. oh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It could be consent decision making or, or um, uh, from liberating structure, purpose to practice or something like that that we recommend uh, and sometimes have it tailored a little bit uh, to fit our terminology. Um, so, so that is typically how we work. And, and so both on the broader scope, but also try to be quite detailed, giving concrete suggestions, unless we're working with more coaching approach to, to let them come with the ideas. Uh, I mean, quite often the answers are uh, at the people that we are talking to, right? Um, so it's much better to to take that that way. Uh, maybe Martin, you want to add? Yeah, yeah. The, the the workshop that we do is quite different from different teams, of course, because of different needs. The the general structure is, of course, that we present the result, but but we also do discussions about the result and what actions should come from that. Mm. Sometimes we see very clear needs in the team from the GDQ when we talk together with the Scrum Master or the team lead to okay. Do we should we do a tailor approach <clears throat> to that workshop to fulfill that need, or do we want a more generic discussion about the result and see what actions we should come to? And then, based on those actions, of course, there will there will be a lot of actions and and things, and the team wants to improve on things. It could be diff very different things. Uh, how how we should do more programming or. Uh, we want to have more buns on Friday, so there could be anything, but more of more of the first. <laughs> but meeting and greeting is also an important factor, of course. Then, of course, the scrum masters take ownership of that that result, those actions. Of course, the team does it together, but the, the scrum master has, is in owning the the team development, and then they continue to work with that through retrospectives, uh, daily stand-ups, uh, and so that they can co continue to encourage the behavior that the team agreed on to do and work with. And then when we meet back, because our recommendation is that we meet the team in this EDQ context once every six months, it's different for different teams. Not all, all teams does it, but uh, those that do meet once every six months, once every eight months or something like that, and then we repeat the process again yeah. and continue for that. Mm. 
Yeah, and and this is actually something that is important also to to make clear here. That is that we are not taking over any of the responsibility yeah. uh, that lies on like a scrum master yeah. at the scrum. It is about to build a team together, of course, with the whole team, but taking lead in those those kind of if you have that kind of roles or team leads or, or team coach. Uh, uh, no matter what you call it, but uh, and that is important for us uh, that we are like consultants more or less. Uh, in, even if I'm employed, uh, employed, uh, stepping in there, helping out, uh, giving information, then they can continue to work. But yeah. we are always there to help out. It, it could be with uh, with tips and ideas for what kind of workshops, tools to use uh, when it comes to different these different things, but. Sometimes when you have this kind of, let's say, a stage one team, like like Martin touched upon here, uh, it might be that they haven't learned yet to how to have like uh, uh, productive conflicts or having that dialogue. Maybe we need to step in with a little bit more of a directive uh, and direct approach. Um, so what that could look like could be that we actually step in to recommend that we actually do like a, per, uh, a purpose to practice exercise where we start out to look at the purpose for this team because we have discovered that that might be very unclear uh, in this in this case and then we can start to work right away right uh, and help out in in facilitating such uh, such uh, discussion but it could also be an old team. Uh, where the context is super unclear, right? Yeah. Uh, we could help out with that to bring people together and to really fixing this environment that I was talking about before. Mm -hmm. uh, so we need to you need to look at it uh, from this this broader perspective mm -hmm. um, and being situational based in the way you approach the team, uh, but also in the way you run it. So. Mm -hmm. So that's just, I think, important to also uh, add to this. It really helps with the how, isn't it? Because as you talked about there, Linus and, and Martin, is that you're you're using those consultant-type skills. You're not taking ownership of the queens. You're merely managing them into that process. And that's so important that you connect on that sort of human level with the team, your high-performing team, to say, listen, we're going to help you just be the guide to point you in the right direction. But once you're you're comfortable, you're off and running under your own steam. We're merely providing you um, a means with, with which to do that. And, and, and that's why I kind of come back to um, previous question is that given the skills that you and Martin have developed around this, is it then a saleable opportunity within your wider organization or as a blueprint to to somewhere else as well and i appreciate you're in the early stages of of you getting to grips with this and understanding this and and, and seeing does it have a much more wider potential but you you can see that just by using you know those soft skills in amongst what you're you're proposing has quite a significant impact on how your teams and teams work together. I think that this is a generic pattern possibly that we can make use of throughout yes. the world, I guess. Mm -hmm. Wireless car is a very 
diverse organization. We have nationalities from 40 different countries or something like that in mm -hmm. our organization, and the teams are very diverse. So I think it works. In a way, we have or teams in different locations in the world, but we also have co-located or teams that have a mix of uh, one. The team that we had in the in the presentation, for instance, is have seven nat nationalities in that team. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. though few of them are living in the same country, they are still from different culture backgrounds. Okay. And do you think that makes a difference? In makes it harder. That's my experience. If the more diverse the team, the harder it is to create a highly efficient and effective team to get to stage three. Mm -hmm. But when you get there, you get much better value. Okay. Because of diversity. If we mix diversity into the to the uh, to the <laughs> In the recipe, so to speak, we we get better value because we get more flavors. If you want to continue on that analogy, in there, and we get better innovation. Uh, we can see that from research also that that the more diverse the team, it's, it takes a bit longer time, hmm. but we get better value out. But again, there, I think it's I think it's important to add there. I mean, just like you say there, so you can get that value out. But here you have another example of where you really need uh, to work on this in a structured way, also uh, in a systematic and structured way, uh, because this, like Martin said, it doesn't come for free. It could feel like, yeah, let's just put pe people together from all <laughs> all around the world, and then you think like it will work. Mm, yeah, it can work, but we need to 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 fight for it a little bit, uh, and actually a little bit more. So we need to be honest here. I think also when we build, if we zoom out, where when we are building our organizations, we need to take these factors uh, 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 in, right? Uh, and maybe sometimes I have a feeling that we may be not thinking too. Uh, en enough about these factors. Mm -hmm. We think that it will just solve because we hire people and then we expect them to do the work and to, to collaborate. Mm? Yeah. yeah, but it could be that I need to understand how how you think in another culture. And for us, it could be like we have a China office. I need to actually learn uh, yeah. their culture and way of thinking and what is important and so on. And they need to learn from, from me, right? And then we know, of course, that you differ a lot within like one culture. So me and Martin is not exactly the same, right? And acting <laughs> exactly the same. Uh, and this is, I mean, it's very, very basic, but still something that we kind of on the floor need mm. to 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 handle uh, and we need to learn and that takes time um sure. but if we focusing on it and work with it in a structured way i think we can reduce that time quite a lot uh, and make it easier for everyone uh, martin touched upon that also before make it more fun to be there um people like to be in in the in the context and the other side that it's also more effective for the, for the company or organization, no matter where you are, 
how you're working or in what what environment if it's like a software company like ours or in in a, a, a charity organization right mm. it's all about in the essence it's about people collaborating and like we have in our definition of teams uh, that we talk about teams is a group of people who combine their effort and knowledge to fulfill a common purpose that purpose can be very different things right Absolutely. but in the essence it's the the same it's about people yeah. collaborating um yeah. combining their effort yeah so uh, yeah that and and agree I, I guess the diversity um and um, point of of any team working together is is not to see it as a challenge per se um but you're right it has to be managed in, in a respect because you know what what we maybe see is one thing in the west is someone else sees somewhere else is is not a challenge is not a, a, an obstacle but it's just a different perspective and so you know what we think maybe the right way to do something is not necessarily and that that's why we you know sometimes we can be blindsided by you know not quite understand another cultural perspective and it's, it's so important that that gets managed and handled in a way so that everyone's heard everyone's understood um you know and again coming back to that common purpose you know everybody's interpretation of that common purpose might be very different because people are looking at it from a different um, perspective oh fantastic and and we could talk about teams and team structures and how effectively teams work and how they connect and etc cetera, etc cetera. and we go through we wholly recognize um the stages that bringing people together and um, that they go through and it's different stages of maturity um because we connect differently or more readily to to like-minded people than we do to each other so there's 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 a lot of um conflict of of just bringing human beings together you know as much as we manage a system we have to be still cognizant that within that system there's there's, there's human beings for sure one thing I could add there also, when you say like the stage the team are in, uh, that is true on one level. But if we let's deepen it a little bit more, uh, we are also looking into like the subgroups of a team because mm -hmm. different people in the team could be in different stages. That could be mm -hmm. typically uh, that we have three people in a team that are really in stage one. Uh, yeah. in that area and um, really think that they are maybe not feeling is safe in this team uh, they don't dare to speak up etc etc uh, they lack structure uh, but we have some other people that maybe have been in the team for a while maybe for a year or two uh, so that let's say they are four that really think they are in the really the higher uh, the higher stages like yeah. stage three or four and that is quite common what from what we have seen um, and I think that is a, a good thing uh, with a tool like this that gives you that kind of depth into things because then people also can recognize okay I I I recognize this uh, because we see these differences. Not everyone are not the same, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very nice if we can visualize that. So, someone that thinks that if, thinks that yeah everything is working uh, super good and smooth, 
someone else might not think like that because they were not involved in uh, writing the the purpose of the team yeah so what would we then need to do yeah we need to go back to revisit the purpose and maybe rewrite it so those so that these new people can be on board um also yeah yeah, yeah uh, one important part there just to discuss about the gdq we never know who the individuals are it's mm -hmm. all completely anonymous mm -hmm. so when we are talking about subgroups it's only the tool that helps us to see uh, different patterns mm -hmm. so we can't identify the individuals because the two, we never we only analyze team never the individuals and, and to be fair, that that's a lot of the questions that's come through in the chat, Martin, is is that people, that concern about the team makeup, you know, whether you have the strong performers, you know, and and, and the, the, I guess the laggards who are not quite getting it just yet and, and finding it difficult to, to stay within that structure. And then you lose some people and, you know, people come in out all the time. How has that been managed? And it, does it require separate type coaching um, or, or, or separate type management as well? Sometimes the compound of the group is not the ultimate one because they don't manage to get to stage three. Yeah. Could be that we need to do some changes. Normally the team identifies that by themselves. Sometimes it needs support on that, but preferably the team have that mandate and feeling to do, do that, or at least individuals within the organ in the in the group. We of course have line managers and scrum masters also to support the team on on those things. Uh, we try. We haven't found a good way to do that yet, but we want we want to see if we can support the teams that are long staying long in stage one or two, mm. because there are of course teams that never really manage to get out of it. Um, and there are also uh, patterns in team development where teams bounce back and bounce back and forth between stage one and stage two. We, that is forming and storming. Mm -hmm. So they bounce back between those two because they get scared about the conflicts that happens in the team. Yeah. They don't know how to handle that in a good way. So then they go back and be very leader dependent again because that's what you are in the stage one team. Typically that in research, Susan Wilner's research is kind of interesting. When she had researched different types of teams, mm. she noticed that leadership teams have a harder time to reach high performance than other teams. Yeah. I think she actually, in her research, she, she did never see a stage four team mm. in leadership. We do, however, at Wireless Car, uh, so maybe, I don't know how long research she did, but maybe the, the world has changed somewhat in leadership worlds also. Or maybe wireless cars different. I don't know. Yeah, yeah let's be clear about that. I mean, we, we, <laughs> we are looking at our kind of microcosmos. <laughs> uh, that is wireless cars. So yeah, just like you said, we actually see that we have uh, leadership teams that are, that are actually in stage four. Um, so, so um also uh 
and I think very much also come back, comes back to culture also. Uh, and I mentioned that also when we had this 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 meetup that uh, everything is more or less based on that. And I think that wireless car are in a very good position there. We have a good a good foundation uh, of a good uh, good culture. So everything comes back to that. That have been talked about in many other podcasts. I think uh, uh, so. Let's not maybe not dig into that, but I mean that need to be as a foundation um, but uh, if we uh, let's stay with the topic of team development uh, also a culture of understanding the need for it and we touched upon it before that no we cannot remove like scrum master just because we have reached uh, uh, or team coaches or whatever you call it when we have become like high performing team because changes are happening and we need to continue work on it like i touched on before so that is super important to to remember and uh, uh, i have been in such companies uh, where that has been a, like a thought like yeah but when all the teams are high performing then we can remove all this and we can remove all this overhead no my learnings, what I have seen, no, we cannot do that uh, because then they should st step into another role in that case to start to take much more of an external uh, responsibility around the team. Mm. Um, such leaders should delegate. Uh, they should take external focus uh, and really build like because you need to think about it like a whole system. It's a network of not just one team, but teams, right? Mm. And when we think about it like that, uh, and also if we connect this also to like a network organizations and th those kind of things, I think when we really solve these questions, we can step in to think about that and build that. And here I think it lies, uh, um, yeah, something really interesting to explore, I think, for the future. But it all comes back to building this solid mm. foundation of making these things work otherwise we will continue with these uh just handling those smaller things and if we think that we can like yeah you know remove overhead or save cost but then we need to be really smart <laughs> doing the right things yeah. uh you know it you can think about it like building a house uh, yeah. we have learned that you need a solid foundation mm. right we don't question that we do mm. that right and then we can build on on top of that and i think we need to kind of have same kind of thinking here yeah. um and um I, I i also thought about something you said there martin uh before that that was uh, about I mean, that it's not about the individuals. Now, when we work with team development, really thinking about that like, like a system. I mean, it's people. It's not a machine, right? But it's like a system that needs to work. And we look at it from that angle. Then you can look at it from other angles, uh, of course. Um, but that is how we kind of look at this and, and work with it. Uh, because then we can develop all these parts these components if you like that is needed to create the best possible environment for the team you can think about it like gardening uh, you need to take care of the garden right you need to have the right soil you need to have the right amount of of, of light you need to have um the right temperature mm -hmm. all of those factors if you nail those factors you will create an amazing environment where 
all all uh, everything can bloom right and I, I think it's it's the same here uh so um just to come into an, a little bit touching on this when we did it a little bit in the in the meetup also that we also need to work on the organization and we do at wireless car too so we're looking for systematic behaviors that might be counterproductive in the organization and try to fix those too so it's not just that we are in the team working but we're also working on what's surrounding the team creating this again back to the garden picture here uh try to fix the environment uh i think that is really crucial actually and there you have like culture uh in it but it also comes to structure for sure uh, when we're talking about like agile frameworks say if we are in the agile context maybe you're not but then you need some kind of other structure right um yeah and many questions around that leadership and and, and so on yeah purpose and goals and mm. where, where are we aiming towards how do we feel as a unit what are we aiming for as us as one at wireless car for instance or what uh, any organization needs some sort of purpose in order to find a direction that 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 then the teams can yeah i'm, I'm, I'm with and, and find their part of their purpose connected to the overall purpose how do we engage with it how do we move forward with it um from 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 an external perspective um, as well. Is that something that you're able to, to answer? Or is it still very much new within yourselves to, to explore and and um, still pushing forward? You mean how we go forward together with teams or in a more broader perspective? I, 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 guess, I guess both questions, Martin. Um, how, I know that you've got a, a trajectory for yourselves in, mm. in wireless car. But is there an opportunity to then think um, to, to push it out bigger so you almost become the Spotify model, if you like, uh -huh. um, for, 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 for others? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We, we work and do what is best for wireless car. Yeah. If it's generic and possible to use in other places, then of course people can follow it, I guess. But one important factor or thing that we work with is that the foundation of us being able to deliver value is teams. Mm. So we need teams. That's the uh, essence of, of being able to do value. Yeah. So therefore, they are the most important part to focus on. We, we, when we talk about it in, in within Wireless Car, we talk about that if we have well-being teams then we as a bonus of course have well-being individuals because a well-being team is uh, in uh, i've been working in well-being teams high-performing teams and i can't say that i have been in, in a that's it's best the best place to be <laughs> work yeah. work wise and high-performing team is a joy to be in because you feel that you produce value and you feel that you engage in things and you have partners and, and friends that mm -hmm. supports you 
So it's yeah. it's a very valuable place to be with mm-hmm. within. And if we have well-being teams and well-being individuals, of course, the organization benefits from that. And when the organization benefits from that and the focus that we have at Wireless Car is to, of course, provide value to our end customers uh, through the car manufacturers. At, yeah. uh, so we can make our customers, our end customer, awesome by providing them with good tools that helps mm. them to do whatever they need to do. Yeah. So... Uh, and, and it's an interesting point where you say there um, about well-being team, uh, Martin. So if I look at that term in terms of well-being, um, in the, I guess, the past years, uh, few years with the pandemic and so on, where we're working much more remotely or in hybrid fashion, are we still able to take care and ensure um, that our teams are still well-being, still performing as we need them to be are you finding any disconnect because of remote and hybrid working that you've had to tackle slightly differently we started this during the pandemic so we don't have any pre-data for from from wireless car on the gdqs and anything but a feeling that we have is that some things in the gdq get higher or worse ratings when we were in the pandemic. Um, and those are connected to social things, yeah. social interactions, productivity and uh, uh, goal-oriented things. They are more or less the same, but we get higher worse ratings in those things, we think. We have talked to the researchers and then see, ask them if they have any data on it yet, but they don't have any yet. Maybe they have this year but we lost them last year they didn't have any tendencies about that so maybe we'll see that soon research takes some time Mm -hmm. Uh, i know research is ongoing uh, on this from different angles uh, for sure but 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 I personally, just uh, personal reflections, we, we have been doing, a, a, what is it now, 100 EDQs or something like that now. And I've been doing, I don't know, a fourth of them or something like that. So I have a, a personal um, connection standing of, I have a, some sort of, it feels like, I can say, I don't have any solid data, so I can't say that it is. But I have a feeling that the worst part of those negative things are on the downside now or going down because we have hybrid now. Wireless car is a very hybrid type of of workplace. We we work remote most of the time, but it's free. People can decide, but we want to meet sometimes. And I think that has a positive effect Mm. that you are able to meet. And you can help the team to actually meet and do those important things. Of course, we have other tools as, such as Miro and Teams and all those things that makes it easy for us to interact and talk. But mm-hmm. the physical part, I think, was a bit missing in, in during the COVID. Yeah. 
Uh -huh. And I think we can add on there. I mean, if you look into communication as such, uh, of course, I mean, the, the most rich communication that we can have with each other is when we meet up in a room. Um, and uh, I think I saw from some kind of research that when you're kind of standing next to a whiteboard, so you can you can draw, you can write, you can talk, you can show, uh, you can touch each, uh, each other, <laughs> you can uh, give someone a hug when you think something is really good, yeah. right? Uh, you really can interact in so many ways, right? Of course, yeah. we must not forget that. That's the, wow. the most rich way of how we can communicate and uh, and and be with each other right we can never take mm -hmm. away that so of course just uh, make that very clear uh, then maybe if we should say something positive uh, would maybe be on the structure side mm -hmm. of things I mean, when you have draw something and uh, written something on, on the whiteboard, that doesn't end up in digital form in a documented way uh, after the meeting uh, right away. So, But nowadays it does. And we can continue with the Miro board mm -hmm. that we use at, at, at Wireless Car uh, or Confluence or other tools we use. Uh, that's great. Uh, so you get quite a, a lot of of that kind of structure side of mm. it mm. uh but just like martin said we see yeah we, we cannot maybe not say that it's uh, in general for all or something like that uh, but yes uh, i agree to martin there there are some effects yeah, we believe so yeah, yeah. Mm. but having said that i think we have great value in doing the hybrid so we should make sure that we actually get the value from the remote and get the value from being on site yeah. and don't try to force everyone into a specific behavior because or in, not in general at least but of course we we meet meet sometimes uh, and some people need to meet more and, and some people at wireless car are there five days a week mm. uh, but some are there only a few times and some of them are remote working also so there are different ways of handling that. Yeah. We actually have a scrum master that is remote working with her team. So the team is co-located, <laughs> but the scrum master is uh, remote. So, but she, uh, she makes effort to get to the team mm. once in a while to actually interact. And, and that is a very well-functioning and, and high-performing team also. Yeah. And here, I think it's important that we understand every company have their own uh, like situation and, yeah, and yeah. context, right? And, and for us, it's crucial to find the the, the right people with the right uh, right knowledge uh, and experience uh, to do what to create what we create for our customers. Uh, that is on, on a very high level. Uh, really important to work with security and such uh, at, at wireless cars. So we, it's that is so crucial for us to have the best developers that that know these things um so uh so, so i mean there could be many many reasons also for for doing it and i also think it's it's really a great opportunity for us uh, nowadays where we have learned quite a lot about it how to do it uh and also in the in the larger scale if we should just touch upon that how how teams of teams are doing their plannings, et cetera, et cetera. That has also been done uh, completely remote for, for now. Yeah. Uh, and now stepping into also a hybrid hybrid kind of, of way of working there. Um, 
But that's another topic, but uh, but also <laughs> interesting to look into. So I just mean that uh, there are so many factors that are in the surrounding that I, I talked about before. Again, mm. it's not just uh, a team is not like an island, an isolated place in many companies, uh, at least not like ours. Um, so and I think that is more or less rare nowadays that you have one team working with one thing that doesn't have any and one customer or something like that. Sometimes that's what you see in the models. <laughs> if you read the scrum guide or something, it's like Absolutely. one team, two teams, three teams, maybe, uh, <laughs> and then it ends. And you need to step into some kind of scaled uh, yeah. way of working. And and I think here is an interesting thing to look uh, into for the future. Uh, I think how we can do this in a way that really works uh, in the long run. I'm a little bit curious. I'm not saying I having all the answers here. Uh, I see some things on my wish list. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, that, that will be exciting to, to step into and see how we how we solve that and develop that for the future. People are interested in discussing that to get they can of course contact us, uh, me and Linus, if they're interested to get some more de detailed knowledge about or want to reflect on things. Sure, and and I think what is so important to also say here is that I mean I really don't think there are a silver bullet uh, into this. Uh, you need to tailor it, and I hope that uh, really is is clear here. Uh, I'm not saying that we have found uh, the perfect model in any way, and I think that if someone wants to discuss with us, I guess that they have have learnings to share with us mm. because we want to lean forward, learn more about this, and that's kind of what I touched upon before here. That I think we kind of need to look into the, the future to see how we can work with this stuff because it's kind of I think what we really need to fix here is that how we can there are so many frameworks out there sometimes I have the feeling that it's focusing very much on the kind of business side how we can honestly call it agile but it's quite a lot about like pushing things through uh, a system and, and we're focusing a lot of how can we create efficiency and we should of course we should uh, do that but we really need to take in the human side of things also uh, and i think that is what we need to really combine and there i think uh, what i see is is the future how can we create sustainability of course from an env environmental point of view but also for the people mm. that are in these companies right uh, i think there are many factors here and things that we need to think about so we create a sustainable environment for the people that are working mm. um so that uh that is really on on my wish list for the future uh to work with that uh so um yeah uh, that's if we look into the wireless car uh, next coming, we just mentioned there to maybe build our own model and and, and tailor it um, because we see uh, possibilities uh, to to do that. It's a lot of work to do that. <laughs> That's <laughs> the only problem uh, I would say. Doable, but uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, some work. But we're taking small steps, um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the, continue that journey.
But gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure to listen to today. This has been a great session. Hopefully that's been super important to our listeners in terms of the presentation that you did two weeks ago. We're leaving them some conversational um, follow-ons from today and and also you know reaching out to yourselves if you want further clarification which i'm sure lots of people do so you can find both martin and linus on linkedin um where you want to find this particular version of the podcast will be pushed out to um your various providers whether it's spotify amazon google etc etc you can also find us on the agile people captivate.fm website um, if you want to know more about um, Agile People, um, then you can find out um, agilepeople.com. Um, there's various events that are happening on LinkedIn. Uh, there's weekly speakers. I believe in terms of the presentation that happened two weeks ago with um, Linus and Martin, that will be published at least to the attendees of the, the, the group. And if you want to find anything more about GDQ, then if you want to log on to https dot forward slash forward slash gdq dot se slash en, you'll be able to find some details there. Martin and Linus, final words for yourself? Thank you for listening, of course. And, and I can add also that the presentation is also available on YouTube. So we can put that on the show notes, maybe. I don't know. No, thank you, Martin. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me on this uh, on your part podcast. You're welcome. Very welcome. Thank you very much, gentlemen. All the best for now.